Today on the Conservatory, the U.S. is officially in a recession as the Biden administration releases its plan to rein in inflation. A young woman posts a video to TikTok claiming she is a 45-year-old duck waddling around in her brain, and we examine the merits of discipline as outlined in the Bible. I'm Matthew Bowman, and we have all that and more today in the Conservatory. Well, guys, the U.S. economy has finally had all that it can handle. Following the three-quarter point interest rate hike by the Fed yesterday, Americans will no longer have to worry about whether or not the economy is in recession. Tim Meads for the Daily Wire reporting, the United States is in a recession after the economy shrank for a second straight quarter by an annualized rate of 0.9%. On Thursday, the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis' first estimate of the nation's GDP was worse than the predicted expansion of a half percent. Economists widely define recession as two consecutive quarters of negative growth. I'd like to focus on that last line a little more. Economists widely define a recession as two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Uh, as you may know, this is widely accepted as the definition of a recession. Uh, if you don't trust what I'm saying, uh, let's Google it a little bit. From the New York Times Wednesday, a recession it holds is triggered when the economy contracts for two consecutive quarters, quote unquote. Again, from Fox Business, quote, The U.S. economy shrank in the spring for a second consecutive quarter, meeting the criteria for a so-called technical recession, as raging inflation and higher interest rates force consumers and businesses to pull back on spending. Policymakers will no doubt be tying themselves in knots, trying to explain why the U.S. economy is not in recession, said Seema Shah, chief global strategist at Global Investors. And tie themselves in the knot they have, uh, White House economic advisor Brian Deese, when asked live on CNBC if the National Bureau of Economic Research would soon declare the current economic climate a recession, uh, deferred producing the ever common, it's complicated response. Uh, here's that clip. Want to devolve into the recession label debate, but I, I do wonder, do you eventually expect the NBER to declare what we're in, a recession? Well, we're certainly in a transition and we are seeing slowing as we all would have expected, but... I think if you look at the full data and the type of data that NDER looks at, uh, virtually nothing signals that uh, this period in the second quarter uh, is recessionary. Obviously, in the labor market, 3.6% unemployment, but also 1.2 million jobs in the second quarter, 2.7 million jobs over the first half of this year. That's not uh, what a typical people or what the NDER would typically think of uh, as recessionary. So as we look at where we are right now, the, the consumer continues to uh, power forward uh, with resilience, although at you know uh, somewhat moderating levels, as you would expect. We are continuing to see businesses uh, invest. And uh, we think, we're hopeful here, that uh, the legislation that we're contemplating, hopefully we can move forward with a strong CHIPS Act vote today, uh, would actually provide some serious longer-term incentive for businesses to accelerate investment in the kind of areas where we absolutely need in this economy. Oh, oh, we're good. Uh the consumers will power through the highest inflation rates in decades while paying astronomically high prices for gas and groceries. Uh, also, if you were paying attention back in 2008, uh, you may remember that same Mr. Deese stated, quote, economists have a technical definition of recession, which is two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Hmm. Funny how that works. And while I'd like to say that the current administration's denial of its own shortcomings is uncharacteristic of itself, uh, that's pretty clearly not the case. If you remember back in 2021, the Biden administration made the fatal mistake of removing American forces from Afghanistan. 
Uh, and notice there I deliberately said fatal uh, because this pullout resulted in the death of several U.S. service members as well as uh, an innumerable amount of Afghan nationals that helped Americans fight terror in the region for several years uh, during the global war on terror. Uh, not to mention death tolls don't even factor in the thousands of women who are now subject to the rule of cave-dwelling barbarian terrorists whom the left uh, just left to roam free in the country. The good news is uh, the president has a plan for all this. According to a tweet sent by President Biden Wednesday, this afternoon I spoke with Senator Schumer and Manchin and offered my support for the agreement they've reached on a bill to fight inflation and lower costs for American families. Uh, well, this sounds like good news. Uh, I wonder what specific steps that they plan on taking to achieve this. Uh, he continues, with this agreement, we have a chance to make prescription drugs cheaper by allowing Medicare to negotiate lower prices and we can lower health insurance costs for 13 million Americans by an average of $800 a year for families covered under the Affordable Care Act. Oh, okay, I see. The plan to fix inflation is to undercut private insurance in favor of government health care, uh, which will predictably further damage the private health care industry uh, and potentially raise rates for employer-based health insurance. Uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Now, surely this isn't the only tool uh, con congressional Democrats are using to ease the burden of inflation on American families. Uh, so what else is Biden planning? Uh, he continues, we will improve our energy security and tackle the climate crisis by providing tax credits and investments for energy projects. This will create thousands of new jobs and help lower energy costs in the future. Well, uh, now if you're thinking that this plan sounds less like reigning in inflation and more like expanding the scope and spending of the federal government, I assure you, you're not alone. Uh, to me, it would seem that the priorities of this bill are geared more towards quelling manufactured climate crises, crises uh, rather than easing the effects of the record-setting inflation that we find ourselves in uh, now. Uh, here is Joe Biden explaining the aspects of this bill uh, yesterday. Consumers a tax credit to buy any electric vehicle or fuel cell vehicle, new or used, and a tax credit for up to $7,500 if those vehicles were made in America. This investment in environmental justice is real. It also provides tax credits that will create thousands of good-paying jobs, manufacturing jobs, on clean energy construction projects, solar projects, wind projects, clean hydrogen projects, carbon capture projects, and more by giving tax credits for those who build these projects here in America. Now, let me be clear. This bill would be the most significant legislation in history to tackle the climate crisis. Now, if you're wondering how they're going to pay for all this, uh, they've got a plan for that as well. Uh, you could probably guess what it is. Uh, he concludes, and we will pay for all this by requiring big corporations to pay their fair share of taxes with no tax increases at all for families making under $400,000 a year. Uh, shocker, Democrats want to raise taxes. Ah uh, oh yes, the classic pay their fair share line. By the way, I find it very odd that Democrats repeat this maxim given that the fact given the fact that in 2019, uh, according to taxfoundation.org, the top 1% of taxpayers accounted for more income taxes paid than the bottom 90% combined, unquote. Uh, regardless, Here's Joe Biden insisting this bill will be the end-all, be-all inflation solution in a presser yesterday while also spending millions and millions of dollars. In the past, agreed that this bill, this bill will reduce inflationary pressures on the economy. 
This bill will, in fact, reduce inflationary pressure on the economy. It's a bill that cost, uh, will cut your cost of living and reduce inflation for, and it lowers the deficit. I'm sorry, I, just, I, I don't see any feasible way that this bill helps Americans on inflation. Uh, I hope you didn't have any questions about, about the bill, by the way, uh, because following the press conference, the president had no interest in taking any questions. Uh, let's listen in. That doesn't sound like a recession to me. Thank you very much. Insane. Uh, even if you put your head in the sand and choose to believe that we're not already in a recession, it would seem to me that by all available metrics, the country is barreling down the tracks at any rate. Uh, but no, the rule on the left is never stop, never stopping. You must pledge fealty to the cause, no matter the situation, and uh, don't even think to contradict the party uh, lest you be excommunicated. Alrighty. The sponsor of today's episode is me. Uh, being that this show is very young, we don't currently have any sponsors, so if you like what we're doing here in the conservatory and want to support us, shoot me an email at the.conservatory.podcast at protonmail.com. Thanks for listening, and let's get back to the show. Alright, so moving on from the Biden administration's train wreck, uh, let's check in on the mental health of young Americans. We get a lot of questions about our headmate who happens to be a duck. Um, and what I need you guys to understand is that we have interacted with this guy twice. The first time was in our one and only Headspace meeting, and he was just wobbling around and stepping on everybody's feet. And the second time was when he fronted for like three seconds, and he looked at our arm and he thought, in a 40-year-old man's voice, like the voice of a 40-year-old man from Boston, he thought, where the fuck are my feathers? And that is all any of us have ever heard from him. Well, uh, <laughs> what? Uh, this person, for those who haven't seen the video, is a young woman. Uh, she has her hair cut, presumably to look like a boy. But it's pretty obvious this person is mentally ill. And uh, if you're wondering, Matthew, how could you possibly know that? You're not a doctor, you're not a psychologist. Uh, by the way, notice my delineation between uh, those two. Uh, my answer to you would be that you, you don't need a, a doctorate to know that. Um, that this woman is suffering from schizophrenia. Uh, if you still don't believe me, let's give it a Google search. Uh, so according to Google, schizophrenia is characterized by thoughts or experiences that seem out of touch with reality. People may experience, among other things, delusion, belief that thoughts aren't one's own, hallucination, paranoia, hearing voices, and more. Uh, now I don't know about you, but to me that sounds exactly like the sort of thing the girl in the video is experiencing. She's talking about a duck with the voice of a 45-year-old man that steps on the toes of her headmates. Headmates, by the way, meaning that there's more than one. Uh, and beyond the Howard the Duck-like entity, uh, for you Marvel fans, waddling around her brain, uh, she claims that they have a meeting, or have had a meeting with one another. Uh, and yet, undeniably, there are still people out there who would claim that this young woman is perfectly sane. Uh, nothing to see here, they would say. Uh, well, there pretty obviously is something to see. Uh, they would claim that there's no reason for society uh, to concern itself with this fact uh, because she's being her authentic self. Uh, that's, that's ridiculous. Uh, this sort of attitude has led us to the waking nightmare of trans ideology we find ourselves in today. Uh, and obviously the left is the creator and proprietor of this self-serving support no matter what garbage that is peddled under the guise of helping people. Uh, if you're not helping, or excuse me, you're not helping anyone when you affirm their delusions. 
uh, you're destroying an entire generation of young people. Uh, young people who have been damaged by their parents' generations. 50% uh, divorce rate. A generation that flees to the internet for comfort and acceptance at the expense of real-world interaction and social conditioning. Via the internet, an entire generation, it would seem, has circumvented societal norms. How can anyone look at the current generation and wonder what went wrong? Kids don't need confirmation in their fantasies. They need guidance and rules. That's how you grow a generation. And that is what we must do going forward. Alrighty. So moving on from that, uh, today's Bible verse uh, that we'll end with is Proverbs 12.1. And it reads as follows. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. Uh, so full disclosure, Proverbs as of recent is my favorite book. Uh, of the Bible. I read the entire thing a few months ago and continue to find myself uh, rethinking the the several verses uh, within it. Uh, so let's go ahead and break this one down. Uh, but to start, we'll, we'll talk about some of the vocabulary. So reproof here uh, means a criticism for a fault. So the verse would read in plain English as, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates taking responsibility for his actions is stupid. And obviously this verse is invariably correct. Discipline is the building block of all things. Uh, in my personal opinion, it is the single most important character trait a person can have. Uh, without discipline, a person is, is really incapable of having integrity. They're incapable of having uh, work ethic. They're incapable of having punctuality or ambition or uh, bravery, bravery or reliability uh, or really any, any other number of uh, character traits. Uh, all these traits are built on top of discipline. Uh, just as the verse says, uh, you can't have knowledge and love the pursuit of knowledge without first loving discipline. If you set out to learn or become better at something, there will be a time when you grow tired of whatever it is you set out to do, uh, whether it's working out, uh, working a job, uh, anything that is, is difficult or worthwhile. The only thing that will allow you to keep learning and growing is, is discipline. Uh, additionally, discipline will cause you to take responsibility for your actions. If you're not willing to, to make mistakes and admit them to others, you'll struggle to be a, a good Christian and really a good person. Uh, the Bible calls on us as believers to hold ourselves to a higher standard. That means admitting our wrongs and sins and working not to do them again. If you make a mistake or intentionally commit a sin and then rationalize the act, then you're not getting better. You'll never be a better Christian nor a better person. Growth does not come from resting on your laurels and patting yourself on the back for wrongdoing, but it comes from acknowledging where you went wrong and fixing the problems so as not to do, do it again. Something I've noticed in young people my age is that they really can't stand being told that what they're doing is morally wrong. Uh, the second you tell someone that what they're doing is, is wrong, uh, rather than considering it, they instantly write you off as either a zealot or uh, tell you that you're, you're too judgmental. Uh, when friends get in an argument, uh, a lot of times what you hear is, you're my friend, you're supposed to support me no matter what. Uh, but this really couldn't be farther from the case. A friend is someone who will help guide you, not someone who is uh, supposed to endorse your hedonistic desires and uh, your bad decisions. All right, so that's going to do it for today. I appreciate everyone who listened to the episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to follow and subscribe to the show and give it a five-star rating. We're available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so spread the word, and I will meet you all back here next Monday in the conservatory. Bye.